Welcome to Tusker Talk, a podcast from Somer Schools. I'm Amanda Bergen, the district's communications coordinator. Today we are talking about the pursuit of educational equity and what it looks like in learning organizations, specifically in our school libraries. And with me to talk about that today are Regina Kashian, who's a school psychologist at Primrose Elementary School, Nicole Secor, and Joe Benedetto, who are both library and media specialists here in Somer Schools. So Regina, why don't you take it away? Thank you, Amanda. Um, so today we're talking about how schools as organizations, despite sometimes their best intentions, can still be historically complicit in maintaining structures that perpetuate bias. Equity efforts in education must involve all members of the organization and include every aspect of a young person's day and experience. So school libraries and exposure to books in general are an area where Somers Central School District is taking um, important steps to facilitate inclusive practices and further cultural awareness. So in my role as school psychologist over at Primrose um, and also as a doctoral candidate in education leadership and policy at Fordham University, I'm able to further the, the work that I'm very passionate about, which is working to expand and improve the educational experiences for all students, but particularly those who have been traditionally marginalized. Um, from a perspective of social, emotional, and academic uh, wellness, but also through that lens of opportunity, access, and equity. So with me, I have two colleagues and educators who bravely took on new pathways in their careers as educators. (laughs) So both Nicole and Joe recently moved from the classroom to the library, and they've engaged in uh, new studies and programs in library and media science. So uh, would you both maybe take a moment to just share with us um, a little bit about your journey and um, your current roles? Start with Joe. Oh, well, hi, I'm Joe Benedetto. I've been in the district for 12 years. This is my 13th year. I taught fifth grade, and the opportunity came upon me that I could be a librarian. So I jumped into it, and when I became a librarian, I had to go back for the master's in MLIS, and it has been quite a journey. I just finished, so I'm thrilled. It's been two and a half years. Learned quite a bit, and there's been a bonus coming out of the classroom and seeing it from the classroom and seeing it as a librarian, as a teacher librarian. Uh, Nicole. Um, Let's see. Prior to teaching in Somers, I taught first grade in the Bronx for three years. Um, And then when I came to Somers, I've been here for about 16 years. And this is my first year as a library media specialist at Primrose. A fun fact about me is that all throughout high school, I actually worked in a public library in the South Bronx. Um, so this is almost like coming full circle, um, leaving the classroom for so many, after so many years, and then coming into the library is just is just pretty amazing. Yeah. So. so I didn't know that about you, but I did know about your love of books from having been in your classroom. So I think you you're a natural fit there. So I'm really happy that you're in our building. Um, So as part of this work, I was looking at TeachingTolerance.org's anti-bias framework, um, which provides social justice standards, um, and they're intended to be used as a roadmap for anti-bias education. So the four main domains um, in the anti-bias framework include identity, diversity, justice, and action. So Joe, I'm going to ask you if you could maybe um, help us understand how books help develop students' positive self-identities based upon their membership in in their own groups? Wow. Very big question. And libraries have the charge of providing access to all information without limiting what 
either families believe. Uh, we have to have that information available for children because, again, when we talk about mirrors and windows, it's very important for children to see who they are reflected in other books, be it LBGTQ, be it a disability, uh, autism, ADHD. It's very important that we house the library with books that reflect who they are and, again, mirrors of what they see on the outside. So you may see students with disabilities and may not fully understand it, but stories that contain those characters help children better internalize what's going on and what's happening with the main characters who portray these disabilities or um, preferences in their own lifestyles. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Nicole, maybe you can help us understand um, how uh, reading might help children relate to um, others and develop empathy. Definitely. It's interesting because, um, you know, now I'm going for my second master's being in library media specialist, and I just started to learn more about the, I guess, the roots of that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and how reading is just so important at this level, at the elementary level. Um, and I recently read about five, five to seven-year-olds, and the study talks about how um, when they look for books, they're looking for books that reflect who they are, the people in their lives, who they want to be. Um, and with that being said, it's crucial at this level to read books to children that kind of go beyond their limited experiences, their mm -hmm. limited life experiences, um, and introduce to them what's beyond Somers, the world beyond Somers. Mm -hmm. And that really, for, for this area, and I guess for the population that, we're, that I teach, um, that's, that's mainly done through, through the books that we read to them in the classrooms, in the libraries, um, and encouraging parents to give them those experiences and letting parents know that it's not just about giving a book to a child that they have to read on their own, but rather reading to children and giving them that exposure is just as beneficial and just as impactful as them, you know, going, going somewhere. Yeah. So. It's interesting that you say that because when I was thinking about um, talking to the two of you um, and, and sort of tapping into your, your thought processes, it, it does occur to us that I, we, don't, we don't live in the most diverse of areas, um, that, that uh, you know, Somers and, and some of the communities in our area, um, in some ways, it isn't, it isn't just enough to show children people that look like them. We really do need to open up the windows and let them see what else is out there. Um, and that it's almost a disservice to not give them the, that exposure and that opportunity. Absolutely, especially in the world that we're preparing them for. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's, it's all about diversity. And it's not necessarily anymore just diversity on how a person looks on the outside, but things that we don't know about how they are on the inside. So giving them, um, giving them literature that reflects all of those different needs that diversity i mean there are layers to the definition of diversity now mm -hmm. and i think kids are starting to realize how many different groups that they actually belong to and the overlap between them and others mm -hmm. um, yeah very much i agree that like somers is really taking a charge and bringing this to light and it's funny because as librarians we really need to have a network of resources available so with each other it's very helpful it's with our online uh, via listservs or Facebook or Twitter and listening and watching other people is so 
important to see what other people are doing. And I Mm -hmm. kind of like that Somers has been moving forward with this and being more inclusive, and especially with the LIFE program. So I work with one of the coordinators, um, Karen Brill, and it's been extremely helpful because I get to see pockets of the district that I cannot see from my own building. Mm -hmm. And working with our ENL or MLL uh, coordinators, it's important to understand what our languages and what our cultures are within the school. And it's very difficult to find that by filling out a beds form, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. a sense, when you're in the classroom. Yeah. And I think by uh, the structure of education is set up almost in little silos in a way. So it is um, sometimes too rare um, when we get the opportunity to actually reach out of our silos and see what everybody else is doing. And it, But it's so, it's so crucial. Um, so the first day of school back um, in district, Dr. Blanche, our superintendent, um, he shared the work of Brene Brown, um, particularly around the area of vulnerability. And I, I, I was really touched by it. And I, I feel like this kind of work that we're doing, pursuing equity in schools, um, in order to sort of reverse this pattern or this trend that schools can be on, um, requires us to be vulnerable. We basically have to take some time and really look at and reflect on our own practices, which takes courage. And it, and it does kind of put us out there because we have to be able to be to recognize what are we as a district doing? What can we be doing as individuals, as classroom teachers, but also in our special areas to really look at our own practices? Um, like I said, that, that takes guts. Um, it does, especially when you think you are doing the right thing. Yeah. And you think that you're moving towards those goals when in fact, unless you really are reflective, you might realize that that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. And it's, it's something that, that requires actual effort. Um, it's something that you have to actually work at to, I think, like you said, even realize that some of the things that we're, we're already doing or our practices or the way things have always been done can sometimes be perpetuating th- uh, unintentionally. Um, so, Nicole, you had mentioned to me that as part of your um, graduate work, you were looking into what an audit of a library might look like. What mm-hmm. what what is an audit of a of a school library? Just in general terms, what is that? I'm glad you're asking in general terms because <laughs> it is new to me. Yes, and, that's um, great. You know, and all of this is like this huge endeavor. Um, but I I was appreciative that I had the opportunity to do that because an audit at the Primrose Library hasn't been done. Um, in a very long time. And so in getting to know the books that I have in the library allowed me to to see what we have and to identify what we need. Um, you know, so when we talk about equity in the in the collection, we have a beautiful collection of all of these picture books um, and authors that were popular many years ago. Um, so when I look at that, I think about what I'm learning right now in the graduate program, what's happening in the world um, outside of Somers and even within Somers. I don't want to say that it's just um, isolated to what's happening, you know, beyond our borders, but um, it's the hope that I have is to take the Primrose Library, and I think this is just all of us in terms of um, the library media specialist in the district, to take the libraries and move them from what people traditionally think is how we service the public, how we service our students, to making it into something that is evolving with the children that we have in front of us. The demographics of Somers is changing, and that means that our practices have to change. It means that the collections that we have for children to choose from, when I, you know, when I say collections, I mean our books, mm-hmm. 
those things have to change to reflect the children that are sitting in front of us. Um, and when we talk about that, again, I go back to it doesn't only mean what they look like on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those pieces, they take, they take reflection. It takes collaboration. It takes the support of administration. It takes having vision and doing something, like you mentioned before, that requires courage. And that is not necessarily how libraries have been looked at in the past. Mm-hmm. You bring up a good point. We have to be dynamic and we have to stretch with our own community and we need to support each other. So working together again with teachers, administration, students, uh, town constituents, I work quite a bit with the public library as well to try to figure out what books are moving, what doesn't move, why do you think this is? Because that's what we're about is servicing the community. And again, the libraries have to reflect the space that it's going to become. Kind of how we are educating students for jobs that don't really exist yet, where mm. they go on YouTube and make millions of dollars. I mean, geez, that's, that's wonderful. But who would have ever thought that was possible? So it's teaching these skills, um, perseverance, uh, how to continually educate yourself. And I think that's what we're talking about as librarians and teachers. Uh, we're continually educating ourselves to better serve the needs of our populations. And that's a big thing, um, you know, that I'm learning through my coursework is knowing who our users are. And in in the school libraries, our users are not only our students. Our users should be our community. It means that it should include teachers. It should include administrators. It should include parents. Um... Because that's really that's really crucial to kind of creating a community within school and making those connections outside of school. Okay. So um, you know, basically, when you I think about culturally responsive education, um, it's really a cultural view of learning and and human development, and that's really the business that we're in, right? We're we're developing little humans, and um, and that's a big responsibility. You know, I think about uh, the term critical pedagogy and how um, we're very much um, able to and do influence the children, Mm -hmm. and and we have a lot of control, and but with that becomes a lot of responsibility. Um, so um, I, I want to just thank both of you for, for your insight here. And, and I just wondered if you had any other final thoughts or um, comments about, you know, your vision for the future for our school libraries here in Somers. I think, well, I think I could speak for the entire library department is creating a diverse collection that meets the needs of the students so they can see who they are and what others may be and just have a true understanding. And when we talk about the IB program and MYP, it's, it's having this global perspective and understanding of each other. It's really important. So to get together and have books that represent diverse cultures and people are very important. Uh, I grew up in an area where I was the only white child, mm-hmm. so it was very different. And when I came to Connecticut, or went to Connecticut, it flipped. It was very different. And then all of a sudden, it was very white. And when I watch schools, I've always made an effort as a teacher to use different books. Uh, books that reflect different cultures, or uh, books that reflect p- who people are, and not be afraid to shy away from uh, these tough topics that children do see 
And it's taking those chances and being comfortable taking those chances and truly believing what you stand for. And I think that's where we talk about the Library Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. And it really, you definitely stand for yourself. Absolutely. Right. That all students should have access to books that reflect who they are, their families, um, and, and just, you know, everything just that encompasses everything and things that they don't even know about. When I talked and shared um, earlier about working in the library throughout high school, the real main reason why that was a place that I wanted to work in was because it was an escape for many children in the South Bronx at that time. And, and, I, and I wish that everyone could know um, the role that a school library or a public library can have in the lives of children. I mean, we're so, I want to say blessed <laughs> to, to work in Somers where there's so, so many resources. But the truth is, is that outside of here, um, libraries offer so much more to their community. Um, they, they offer services to families that need to learn English. They serve it, they, you know, service them in terms of filling out papers. I mean, there are so many resources that can come from a library. And I, I hope that, you know, our role in the lives of these children will inspire them to, to look at libraries differently also. Yeah. And to see that what they can find in the library is going to help them become who they want to be. Um, and open up doors that might typically be closed to them. Yeah. And I was just going to add to that because like working over at the, uh, the Somers Public Library, they offer a plethora of uh, passive and active programming that address different like careers or different types of um, coding or seniors can come in and uh, learn an app that they're having difficulty with or with their phones. So there is a lot that the public libraries offer that differ when you're within the school building. Mm -hmm. So that becomes difficult as well because coming from a 3-5 and having a fixed schedule and being able to teach is very different than going to this 6-8 model and now it's finding ways to work with teachers or co-teach and collaborate where I don't have a fixed class. Mm -hmm. So it makes the, the library a different uh, entity in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So it should be a place of research, it should be a place of exploration, and it's trying to build that and uh, redefine what it looks like as the children get older. Well, I, I just think that one of our, our greatest resources here in Somers is our, our, our human resources. And it's, it's people like you that, that I think are um, you are willing to take a little bit of a risk and to go out there and to try to do this heavy lift. And, and the students and the families and the community of Somers is, it will, be, uh, will be the benefactors of that. So I thank you both. Well, for thank coming. You. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, thank you Joe. And thank, thank you. you, Amanda. Mm, well, thank um, you. It's been it was such an interesting and thoughtful conversation. And any conversation that speaks to the importance of libraries is a great one. Mm -hmm. So thank you all very much, Regina Cassian and Nicole Secor and Joe Benedetto. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.